Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Living Hope. We're glad that you're here. We like to begin our services with this greeting Christians have been using for a long, long time. The Lord be with you. Thank you. We believe that's true, that God meets us right here, right where we live, right in the middle of uh, whether it's a good day or a terrible day or whether we're filled with stress or filled with peace, God meets us right where we live. And uh, whether we're here in the room or uh, watching online, God is right here with us. So let's, let's bow our heads and let's pray as we begin. God, we're grateful to you that you meet us here, that, that you don't expect us to... Uh, to somehow climb the mountain or something to, to get to where you are, but you come right into the middle of our mess, right into the middle of our need, right where we need your grace, right where we need your wisdom, right where we need your help. That's where you meet us, God. And so today we come to you and, and pray that you will help us to have hearts open to you, minds open to you, so that we can receive what you have to give, and so that we can connect with you, God. Uh, that's our prayer, that, that uh, during the songs that we sing and the prayers that we pray, during the, the, as we listen to uh, the scriptures and, and listen for your spirit speaking, as we gather around the table of our Lord Jesus, in, in all that we do during this hour, God, it's our hope, it's our prayer that we might connect with you, that we might receive your grace and be prepared to, to leave this time together uh, filled with your grace and ready to share it with others. So thank you, God. Thank you for meeting us here. We pray that you'd just help us to be aware of your presence. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, if you're able and interested, let's stand and let's sing as, uh, as Matt leads us in worship today. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow Perfect love is casting out fear Even when I'm caught in the middle of the storms of this life I won't turn back, I know you are near And I will fear no evil For my God is with me if my God is with me, whom then shall I fear? Whom then shall I fear? We're singing, oh no, you never let go through the calm and through the storm. Oh no, you never let go every high, every low. Oh no, you never let go. Lord, you never let go of me. I can see a light that is coming for the heart that holds on. A glorious light beyond all compare. And there will be an end to these troubles, but until that day comes, we'll live to know you here on the I will fear no evil. I will fear no evil. For my God is with me. And if my God is with me, whom then shall I fear? Whom then shall I fear? Wishing it, oh no, you never let go. Oh 
y'all a new song. Um, this one is called Battle Belongs, and I know uh, life as Christians, and when we choose to, call, to follow Christ, it's not always easy. There's definitely obstacles and trials, things that we'll face, and the reality is that the heart of this song is just being able to, with open hands, surrender and lift that up to God and just say, God, you're sovereign. You're above the situation, the circumstance, whatever it is, and we can lift it up to him, and, uh, and he will take that on, and we know that he is there and that he is faithful. So I know this is a new one, but as you catch on, I would encourage you to sing and participate in worship. When all I see is the battle, you see my victory. When all I see is the mountain, you see the mountain moves. And as I walk through the shadows, your love surrounds me. There's nothing to fear now, for I
you go before us nothing can stand against the power of our God you shine in the shadows you win every battle nothing can stand against the power of our God almighty fortress you go I felt no worth, you paid it all for me. 
have been so, so kind to me. says, give thanks to the Lord and proclaim his greatness. Let the whole world know what he has done 
Sing to him, yes, sing his praises, and tell everyone about his wonderful deeds. Exult in his holy name. Rejoice, you who worship the Lord. Pray with me, would you? Lord, we are overwhelmed this morning by your love for us. Lord, I thank you for that love that you have not just told us about, Lord, but you demonstrated. You demonstrated by sending your son, by having him sacrificially die in our place, and then resurrected him again to new life so that we could have life with you. Oh, what a wonderful, overwhelming love that is, Father. I thank you this morning for inviting us into your presence here. I thank you, Lord, for this reprieve that we have this morning from all of the busyness of life, for all of the stuff of life, Lord, for the good and the bad, for the wonderful and the challenging, Lord, whatever that may be for each of us. You are truly a good God, better than we could ever describe, beyond any words we could ever use for you. And we thank you, Father. We praise you. We give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the blessing, because you alone are worthy, Lord. We pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, the peace of the Lord be with you. Take a few moments and pass the peace between yourselves as we anticipate Pastor Rich coming with announcements in the world. Uh, hopefully when you came in, you got one of these little uh, little handouts, little bulletin, let you know what's going on around here. If not, I see some more back there uh, on the little little table back by the door. And uh, one of those things on the right on the front, uh, we would love to connect with you. And especially if you're watching online and we don't get a chance to just shake your hand just now or say hi or know that you're with us, unless you send us a comment or something. Or you can go to livinghope.info slash connect, or any of you can too on your phones right now if you'd like. It's just a little digital connect card there. You can let us know you're with us and how we can pray for you or thank God with you. Or if you have a question you'd like answered, that's a good place for that. Or for those of you in the room, there's uh, some little green cards right back there that say welcome card on them. And then there's a little box. You can drop them in that box. And if you're giving today, you can drop that in that box as well. Thank you to all of you who give so faithfully, whether you give online or give, uh, give right here. Uh, that is much appreciated, the way you're supporting the work uh, of God here and around the world. So thank you for that. Uh, <clears throat> by way of announcements, I did just want to highlight real quick that the, the Tuesday night book discussion group is happening again starting uh, this Tuesday, but the Wednesday night Bible discussion group is not happening this week. Normally there's a Wednesday night group at six, uh, but this week that is not happening because uh, I lead that group and I got to be I got to be across the street. So I'm also part of this group called Valpo Next, and they're having a civic pitch night where four different people are going to present ideas for things they'd like to do in our community things for good, and uh, then the, all the people that show up get to vote and say like, oh, I think they should win, and the first uh, place person gets a thousand bucks to help implement their idea, second place gets 500 bucks, so if you'd like to come Wednesday night across the street, seven o'clock, at uh, the Butterfield Pavilion over there at the park, uh, you're, you're welcome to show up, and I know there's going to be snacks and stuff, but, but anyway, so my apologies, but there's no Wednesday night group uh, this week. Uh, I did put on the front some upcoming things that are happening. Uh, beyond this week because the next Wednesday night, September 7th, we're having some missionaries that are going to be right in here, right in this room, uh, visiting from Sierra Leone, and they're going to tell us about the work that they're doing there, uh, and uh, we'd love to, for you to, to be with us. And then uh, that Friday, uh, there's a new women's uh, Bible study that starts up on Psalm 23. So if you'd like to be a part of that, uh, ladies, let us know. It's Fridays during the day at 1 o'clock if you'd like to be a part because they need to order the books and stuff. So if you'd like to be a part of that, um, it's a it's a teacher on video that uh, 
the ladies have done a couple different ones with her, and they really like her, Jennifer Rothschild. And so if you, if you want to be a part of that, that's great. And then on the 18th is our, our birthday party, and uh, we're going to have a cookout and everything afterwards. And so if you'd like to help bring food for that, we'll provide all the grilled food and the drinks and that kind of thing. And the, I suppose we'll get birthday cake, yeah. But uh, if you want to bring any of the other stuff, a uh, bag of chips or a, whatever your favorite side is that you like to make whenever we have one of those kind of things, uh, let us know so we don't all bring the same thing, all right? Uh, that would be, be good. And then also today, uh, before we dive into the message, uh, we've got a special guest today with us. Uh, Jonah is here. Uh, Where did I see you sitting over there, Jonah? Oh, he's right here. Okay. Jonah, come on up. And uh, Jonah is the, are you the chair of the board of Porter County Habitat? Is that? Board president. Board president. Okay. So you guys know we've been involved with Habitat for Humanity here locally the last couple of years. And so Jonah's got a few words he wanted to share with us about that. Yeah. Thank you so yeah. much. Good morning, Living Hope. Just wanted to uh, share a couple uh, words with you this morning. Uh, wanted to do three objectives, actually. So the first one is tell you a little bit about Habitat for Humanity, some things you may not already know. Secondly, thank you for your very generous support in the past year. And then secondly, also tell you what's coming up for us as an organization, too. So got a couple slides up here. Can't see them, so I'm going to assume uh, they're, they're scrolling around pretty well. So some basic information about Habitat for Humanity is we started uh, 46 years ago in Atlanta, Georgia. Many people associate Jimmy Carter to the program. He's one of our most uh, uh, prop uh, largest proponents of what we do. But our mission statement is simply to seek God's love, uh, seeking to put God's love into action. Habitat for Humanity brings people together to build ho houses, communities, and hope. Our guiding principles are demonstrate the love of Jesus Christ, focus on shelter, advocate for affordable housing, promote dignity and hope, and support sustainable and transformative development. Who we are, we started here in Porter County in 1996. Uh, currently, we've completed 30 homes during that period of time. Right now, we're building about two homes a year, and we're about to finish in the next month our 31st home, which is down in Hebron, Indiana. So we have built homes uh, in Portage, Hebron, Lake Eliza, and South Haven, and, and Valparaiso as well, which you helped last year with. Uh, a couple facts about Habitat and the homes we build. Uh, we're usually building a modest 1,000 to 1,500 square foot home, depending on the needs of the family itself. And the sizes vary. They can be one to, th one to three bedrooms, a kitchen, a family room, one to two bathrooms in the house, and a one-car garage. Some things uh, about how our partnership works and partner families, and maybe with some of this information you can help identify people in your community that could be partner families for us as well. But First of all, we don't give away homes. That's a misnomer. A lot of people think that we give homes away. We don't. Uh, our partner families have to work for those homes. A single person who gets a home has to do 250 hours of sweat equity. So imagine working a job, raising a family, and still having to build your own home at that point in time. It's a burden that these people take on to provide for their family and improve their family's conditions. Uh, sweat equity for a married family is 500 hours. So couple would have to put 500 hours of sweat equity in. So, um, and they do have to pay a mortgage, so it's not like they don't have a mortgage. The big difference in our mortgages is their 0% interest, and when we look at how much a house actually costs and the interest rates, that's a huge advantage for these families. And they have to have reasonable credit so that they can afford and get qualified for a mortgage as well. Uh, income requirements vary for family size, so it's the standpoint of single mom compared to uh, a, a married couple that has four or five children, those income uh, requirements do go up, but we work with families that don't qualify initially. Yesterday, we had at 740 Kinsey Street, right here in Valparaiso, groundbreaking for our next home. Uh, 
Uh, that woman that uh, we did break ground for was a single mom with three children. I'll share a little bit more information with her in a little bit, but she didn't initially qualify two years ago. We worked with her, worked with her credit at that point in time to get her qualified for the program. And like I said, right now, in at least 12 months or less, she'll have a house that her and her family can live in. And all potential homeowners have to take a financial literacy course called Financial Peace University as well. So teach them the basics of personal finance as well. Uh, no religious requirements are included for our homes, although, as we expressed before, we are a Christian-based uh, not-for-profit organization. So we started a program a couple years ago. You participated with it generously last year. It's called the uh, Thrive and Faith Build. And what it is, it's a partnership between churches in Porter County and uh, Thrive and Financial, who matches those, those overall donations for the program. Uh, our first Faith Build family was in 2019. It was Danielle and her family, and you can see a picture of her on the screen. Her house was built in Portage, Indiana. The next partner family was uh, for 2020 was Brittany and her family. It was also in Portage, a neighbor of Danielle, actually. And uh, that was our second home. That's, that's their home. That's what their home looked like when it was completed. The third family we just completed last year, and this will be across the street from the current one we're building right now on Kinsey Street in Valparaiso. That's Lori and her family. Lori worked for uh, Von Tobel's here in town. At that point in time, was a single mom raising two children. And then the family we're building right now, uh, we don't have a picture of the house as we just did groundbreaking yesterday, but that's the overall floor, floor plan on there. And we started, we're starting construction now, expecting to be done sometime in, in the early to mid part of 2023. So Living Hope and Habitat, the program was really, uh, has been really a great way to magnify in individual donations. So uh, last year you guys participated in two volunteer days. We'll show a couple slides in a second. You may recognize some faces from around this room and th through your church. But those two volunteer days, you guys were uh, wall raising at that point in time, which is one of the coolest days I always think uh, on, on construction, and then doing interior finishes as well. Last year, Living Hope raised $9,780. This is what this church did for the community. One of the largest sponsors of Faith Build last year. With that, it was matched by an anonymous donate, uh, donor within your church. That uh, made the overall donation $19,560. That was matched by Thriven. So the total impact of this individual church, Living Hope Church, was $39,120. So thank you guys very much. Give yourself a round of applause for that. Here's some pictures from the first day. This is the uh, first volunteer day. That was the wall raising last year. I think you'll at least recognize the person right in the middle on uh, the uh, September 24th picture on your left. The second day was the interior finishes. You might recognize some different faces on that as well. Um, and then this year, as I said, we're working for Erica and her family. Uh, that's the house we did the groundbreaking on. Erica's a single mom who works full-time for a local bank, raises three daughters between the age of eight, and uh, Myla just had her birthday actually on Friday. So, uh, so eight to one-year-old at that point. So this is going to be something that's transformative and changing in their lives. They currently live in a two-bedroom apartment right now. Uh, the baby has to stay with mom because of the room itself, uh, the amount of space they have. Um, it's a very small apartment, not in very good shape. What, by having the Habitat program at this point in time, she'll be able to live in a house. It'll be a new house, so maintenance costs will be uh, low. Um, it'll be fully, um, every single dollar that she puts in for a mortgage payment will help her build equity for the first time in her life. She'll be building equity and net worth through the overall development. 
And this is going to give them a permanent spot that they can raise their, or that she can raise her children and live in. So it provides security and stability for the family as well. So uh, Erica, um, I kind of went through the rest of that, but she's already completed half her sweat equity hours before the project ever started. She worked in her neighbor's house across the street last year, Lori's. So, um, uh, so fantastic. And uh, we just started, we're starting construction the next two to three weeks in that project. Construction, like I said, is anticipated to be uh, completed in uh, early to uh, mid-2023. Two, uh, and uh, if you guys would uh, consider at least supporting us again this year, we have the same exact matching donations. Somebody from your church is going to match all donations raised by your church. And then at that point in time, Thrive and Financial will match those donations again. So greatly appreciate you guys being the uh, uh, hands and feet of Christ out in your community, improving the community one house at a time as we try to do. And just thank you very much and appreciate the support. And thanks for letting me worship. Thank you. Thank you, Jonah. Yeah, and if you can, you can give to that uh, to the Habitat Project anytime from now through the end of the year. Uh, if you're giving here in the room and putting something in the box, just put an envelope and write Habitat on it. All right, or if you're giving online, when you go to livinghope.info/give, there's a little drop down, and you know usually you just give to the general fund. But if you hit the little drop down, you can give specifically to Habitat, and all that money then uh, will go to Porter County Habitat for that for this next home. I'm looking forward to being out there again, and uh, hopefully I can make both build days this year. We'll see. Uh, but getting out there and uh, <clears throat> getting to be a part of it. Uh, it's a good thing. It's one way that when we are blessed, we can be a blessing uh, to others, right? Uh, what you've received, Jesus said, freely receive, freely give. And so this is an opportunity, one of those, one of many opportunities for us to bless our neighbors. And that's what we're talking about today. If you want to grab their notes uh, that you've got there, uh, we're going to look at a passage from Acts chapter 3 in just a moment. Uh, but yeah, this is the idea today. We started this year uh, back at the beginning of 2022 with a I don't know, five or six weeks, talking about how we can bless our neighbors this year. And so I wanted to kind of revisit that, and I'm pointing you back toward it just in case you want to go back on YouTube or on the website and listen to it, the podcast, whatever, and listen to those messages, watch those messages. Just if you want more of what we're just kind of peeking at today, uh, we spent several weeks talking about each of the different things that we can do to, to be a blessing to our neighbors, because that's frankly what we're supposed to be doing as the church, as the people of Christ we're supposed to be continuing the work of Christ. And when Jesus showed up, he went around blessing people. That's what he did, setting people free from the things that bound them. We heard about that last week when Dr. Bartley was here, um, uh, going around you know, doing all kinds of miraculous things, good things, pointing people toward the God who loves them, the God who made them. And uh, that's what we should be doing, finding ways to bless our neighbors. Sadly, sometimes we as a church can take on kind of this this fortress mentality where we think like, well, there's that big, bad, evil world out there and we got to protect ourselves and protect our kids from all that. And so we just kind of huddle up as the church and we, um, I'll say there's a good thing about church being a safe environment where you can escape some of the temptations. You know, if you, if you are escaping from an addiction or something like that and you need to not be around friends who are going to pull you back down a, a destructive path, it's a good thing to surround yourself with people who are encouraging and helpful and are pulling you in, this, in a good direction. But if we get into this mentality that says, okay, i got to protect myself from that big, bad world, we're going to miss out on what Jesus came to do. Jesus didn't stay safe in heaven, right? He, he came into our world. He entered into our mess to shine his light into the darkness. And now we, as people who are given the spirit of Christ, we're invited to go and continue the work of Christ, to let his light shine through us, to, to bless our neighbors. And that's true not just as a church, as an organization, through things like Habitat or the way we do church on Sundays or any of those kind of things. This is something that's true for each of us as individuals, right? Uh, you know people that I'll never get a chance to meet. Uh, you have influence with people 
that don't care one bit what I have to say, but they care what you have to say because they know you and you care about them and you have shown them over, over time that you, you know, they matter to you, that you care about them, that you love them. You've earned some credibility with them that I, I have none, you know? And so like, it's not like I can do all this or the church can do all this. You are the church sent out into the world to let Christ, you know, work through you. Let the spirit of Christ work through you to be a blessing. Um, so it's, it's not like, hey, our work as a church is to try to get people in these doors. No, our, our work as a church is to, to go out, to be sent out, to do the work of Christ right where he's placed us, in our schools where you, that you attend, in the workplace that you go to, in the groups that you're a part of, in the neighborhood where you live. Uh, whatever those social connections are that you already have, now, sometimes God will call you to, to like enter in a new social group, right? To, to, to go as kind of a, as a missionary to some people, right? To, to go and be sent to, to uh, leave your comfort zone and to meet some new people. But oftentimes, he just wants it to flow through your ordinary, everyday life. Where you're already going, the people you're already seeing, to just have in mind like, okay, God, how can I be a blessing to these folks today? How can I be aware of the ways that you want to work through me, the ways that you want to do good, the ways that you want to encourage, the way you want to show, you know, your kindness? You've been kind to me, God, so how can I be kind to someone today? God, you've been patient with me, so how can I demonstrate that patience to others? And we see this in, in Acts chapter 3. This is uh, a book in the Bible. It's called Acts of the Apostles because this is after the story of Jesus and how he arrives on the scene and, and uh, does all his amazing work, including dying on the cross for our sins and rising again to set us free. Uh, as he ascends into heaven, he gives the gift of his Holy Spirit uh, to his followers. Not just to, like, the important people, not just to, like, the preachers, not just to the apostles. Acts chapter 2 is all about how God's Spirit is poured out on all people who say yes to Jesus. He gives us his life. He gives us his power. And Acts chapter 3, we see this starting now to, to spill out. It says uh, at the very beginning here, one day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer. At three in the afternoon. So this is just something that they did. It was three in the afternoon. They would make their way to the temple. Prayers would be prayed. They would join in. And they would, then they would all leave and go back to the rest of their day. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. Like, there's foot traffic here. Every day there's foot traffic. So he has friends that will carry him because he can't get there himself. Never been able to walk. Lame from birth. So they set him there knowing if he has his hat out, if he has his hand out, somebody, you know, people are going to be generous. And, of course, they're on their way to the temple. They're on their way to worship God. Well, you know, hopefully they're in a generous mindset, right? And like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm supposed to be doing good. Okay, yeah, here, here you go. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. I'm guessing he asked everyone who walked by that day for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. And this is where things shift for me in the story. Peter didn't just walk on by and say, like, mm, not today, right? Which is what I'm usually tempted to do, right? If I walk by somebody who's asking for help, well, no, I'm sorry. My first inclination, maybe it's yours too, is to, like, not make eye contact, right? Just kind of look the other way, like, oh, look at that interesting thing over there as I walk past. Like, I just didn't even see this person who needs help, right? Just being honest. Or maybe just say, like, oh, ah, you know, sorry, you know, keep walking. You know, do the little pocket pat, like, oh, don't have anything, uh, maybe you stop and you put something in the cup. Maybe you do something. But they stop. They look at him. And Peter said, look at us. You know, he was like, hey, hey, you know, let's, let's talk. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. And then Peter said, silver or gold, I do not have. But what I have, 
What I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. And instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him, which makes sense, right? <laughs> this is someone who's been lame from birth. He's never walked, let alone jumped, you know, singing the praises of God. He's maybe never even entered into the temple, and now here he is, healed and whole. While the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade, an area of the temple there. When Peter saw this, he said to them, fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us? Is it by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you can all see. Now, fellow Israelites, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did your leaders. But this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, saying that his Messiah would suffer. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Now, obviously, this is an amazing miracle story, right? And, uh, <clears throat> and there's a part of me that thinks like, yeah, thank God that, that God did that. And we just had a question come up this last Wednesday night. It's, it's a... The Wednesday night groups is open for discussion and conversation, and somebody had asked, like, why don't we see that happen all the time anymore? And I just had to be honest. I don't, I don't know, all right? Uh, I wish that we saw more of that. I wish that every time I prayed for someone uh, who was sick, they just got well instantly. Uh, sometimes God heals through a doctor or medicine or something like that, and every now and then God does a miracle. And some of you have miraculous stories in your own lives and, and moments where God has answered in those ways. I, I wish that God did it more often, and someday perhaps he'll explain it to us. Uh, but there's, so there's part of me that, that reads the story and thinks, okay, that's, that's not my experience. You know, that's, that's something that happens to other people. That's something that happened way back then. It's a, it's a neat story. I'm glad God did it, but, you know, it feels very far removed from our experience. But I believe this is a story that, like, each, enough, each of us can connect with every day. This describes something that we face all the time. Um, where we encounter someone who has a need and we can do something. We can do something about it, all right? And then that gives us the opportunity to point people toward Jesus. Uh, the, uh, the acronym that we used back at the beginning of the year was this B-L-E-S-S, -S, bless, right? And we were talking about how you don't just run out there and just start shouting, you know, about Jesus on the street corner or something. That, you know, you look for ways to bless your neighbors, you look for ways to serve your neighbors, and eventually that gives rise to the opportunity to, to talk about Jesus. And the idea from it was that we are blessed to be a blessing. And I, I put there in your notes just a couple of the passages, one from the book of Genesis, first book of the Bible, where God is calling Abram, uh, Abraham to, to be his uh, to follow him, to trust him, that he's going to make him a great nation. And he says, I'm, he basically tells him, I'm blessing you to be a blessing. All the world will be, will be blessed through you. And then in the New Testament, 
in some of his letters, and I included one from uh, a letter to the Galatians, the Apostle Paul describes us now today as being children of Abraham. Even though we're not like physically descended from Abraham, at least most of us in the room aren't Jewish, uh, like ethnically Jewish or something like that. Um, he says, those of us who have faith in God, we are children of Abraham, the, the father of those who have faith. And, and the blessings of Abraham apply to us, that we too are blessed to be a blessing. And so we use this acronym just to talk about ways that we can do this, right? Because sometimes that can seem kind of intimidating. And so the first one was just very simple. Begin with prayer, right? Just begin by praying for some of the people in your life. If there's somebody you know or somebody you don't know but you'd like to know, maybe it is a neighbor, maybe it's somebody that you're like, I have no idea if they are connected to God or if they know Jesus. And maybe there's somebody that you're like, you know, the way they talk or the way they live or the way they treated me, I don't think they know Jesus. <laughs> it certainly doesn't look like it or something like that. Um, <clears throat> begin with prayer. Just begin by praying for them. Maybe you're just praying for an opportunity to connect with them. Maybe you're praying because they've got an obvious need and, you know, you've seen this need and you're praying for, the, for God to help meet that need. And you're open to some way that God might want to meet that need through you. You know, this was, this was reflected in the story because, you know, they've got a pattern of prayer in their lives. They're headed to the temple to pray. And if you look back a chapter at Acts chapter 2, it talks about them being devoted to prayer. These, this early church, this group of believers, one of the things that they gave themselves to was prayer. So they were, they were kind of living their lives open, living their lives with a communication open between them and God. And that's what I, I want us to do. That's what I want to do. Live my life with just open communication with God, saying, okay, God, I'm ready. How do you want to work through me today? Is there, if there's a way for me to bless that neighbor, if there's a way for me to bless that coworker, if there's a way for me to bless this person that you've put into my life, <clears throat> help me to see it. Help me to be ready. We begin with prayer. And then the L is just to listen, uh, to, to listen to them, which is just one way of talking about paying attention right? Being open, being interested in this person, in some kind of a connection, which, you know, again, it doesn't start with us saying like, oh, I've got this exciting message about Jesus and how he's changed my life, and I just got to tell you. you know, it starts by us saying, you know, how you doing? Right? It starts with you being interested in them, caring about them first. You know, pay attention. Um, I just, I was thinking about that just this morning, uh, about examples, and I, I, two of them popped into my head just recently in my own life, where uh, it wasn't necessarily always, well, I guess listening. Yeah, listening fits. Um, there, there was a moment just a couple of weeks ago where I was, I can't remember if I shared this or not, I was, I was busy, right? I was just in the office for like 15 minutes. I had been preparing. I had a funeral I was getting ready for. I had to, I had to stop in. I had to print my notes. and I had to make some last-minute changes to them. And so I was just in the office for a few minutes, and in walks someone needing to talk. And, you know, there's this temptation, and they're, they're like, I think they even asked, like, hey, are you busy? And I'm I probably was honest with him. Like, well, yeah, I am, but what's going on? You know, and I'm still typing, right, on my laptop. I said, oh, I just want to talk, but you know what? And they, they probably, knowing them, they probably said, oh, I can, I can come back later. And for whatever reason in that moment, I can't say that, like, God told me or anything like that. Maybe it was just that God had prepared me for these times. But I went ahead and I was like, no, 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 go ahead. And I, I made the decision to close the laptop, all right? So that, for me, that's like the pivotal moment right there. Because then we talked for a little bit, and then I noticed that she was having some, some trouble breathing just a little bit. I was like, are you okay? And I'm like, well, yeah, I've been having this chest pain or whatever. And I was like, you know, and I'm, again, I don't, I wasn't aware of God putting words in my head or in my mouth or anything. But as we talked, something that I said encouraged her then to go ahead and call for an ambulance of just like 10 minutes later. And she gets to the hospital, finds out she's got blood clots in her lungs, finds out, you know, it's the kind of thing that could have killed her. And she said, well, it's what you said that caused me to do that. 
Like, okay, you know, I, I didn't put a lot of thought into what I said. It was just what came out of my mouth there in the moment as we were talking. Again, it's not like God planted a, you know, said, say this to her, this will, you know. I think the moment was when I decided to pay attention. That was the decision that I had to make, right? And that was the moment that, thank you, God, that you helped me in that moment to not just say, yeah, you know what, can we just talk later? I'll be back this afternoon. Okay, yeah, let's talk later. But instead, God, you know, got me to close the laptop and to listen and to notice. Because otherwise, I might not have noticed what she was going through. Might not have, might not have seen it. We, we need to pay attention. The other one... Uh, <clears throat> I was leaving here with somebody. We were walking out. Mike, some of you have met him. And, and we're leaving. And, uh, and as we're walking out, there was somebody sitting on one of the benches out front. And we always have people sitting on the benches. That's great. Uh, there was just this one person sitting on a bench over here. And we're walking out. And I, I see her. And I just kind of wave. And, and Mike, though, stops and says, hey, wait a minute. I'm not sure she's okay. Are you okay? And she shakes her head no. And we stop. And we talk to her. And we find out she's having some problems. And you know, five or ten minutes later, we're calling an ambulance to come and help her. And they're coming and they're taking her away and she's having a medical issue. And that's, I wouldn't, I didn't notice. I wouldn't have noticed. I was heading out. I was running late. I needed to go. I was already kind of waiting for Mike. He was making me late. But anyway, uh, I needed to get out the door, you know. I needed to get home. But he noticed. He paid attention. And thank God that he did. Because if he hadn't, who knows what would have happened to her sitting out there once we were gone. Uh, we have these moments where we have an opportunity to pay attention to someone, and we don't want them to just slip past us, right? We have an opportunity to, to pay attention, to listen, to look, to notice the people around us. And if we begin with prayer, if we have, you know, start out saying, okay, God, I, I, I want to pay attention. I want, I want you to work through me. Then perhaps in that moment, we'll have the, the thought to close the laptop or to spend an extra second looking and to seeing how they're doing. Or when we... When you, know, when you walk by and you give them like, hey, how's it going? And they go, hey. And it's like, well, hey, right, how's it going? You know, like to actually ask the question and wait for an answer and to listen for what they say. You'd be surprised how many times somebody's just like, oh, oh, you really mean it? Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, I guess I'm doing okay. You know, because they just think it's something you say at people as you walk past them. When you actually ask how it's, how's it going and you listen, there's an opportunity there. So begin with prayer. Listen, and then eat is the E in uh, bless. And uh, <clears throat> that didn't really happen here in this story in Acts chapter 3. They didn't stop and eat with the guy first or, you know, spend a lot of time getting to know him uh, before, they, before they helped him. But, um, but again, if you go back to Acts chapter 2, there was a whole lot of eating going on. There was being devoted to each other involved, spending time with each other and, and spending time over meals and getting to know each other. And That's just kind of, in my mind, that's just kind of an extension of the L, of the listening. Because when you sit down over food with somebody, all of a sudden you're going to be with them for a little bit. It's going to be more than just a three-minute conversation, unless you're a really fast eater. Um, you're going to actually sit and talk with them for a little bit. You're going to get to know them a little better. You know? So that's just an extension of getting to know them, building that relationship. And as you do this, you will find opportunities to serve that first S, to serve them in some way. You'll become aware of some need that they have, and you can connect them with a resource. Or there's something that you can do. you just find, you know what? This, they'd be, they would appreciate it if I did this. That's something that I could do that might be helpful to them. And I want to point you back to that story from Acts chapter 3 when Peter and John talked to the guy and what he said. Do you remember in verse chapter 6, then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you? Right? Serving someone is not about what you don't have or what you can't do. It's about what God has given you, what you can do in that moment to help that person, right? Um, 
We were just talking about habitat a moment ago. And there might be some of you who are like, oh, I can't really, I don't really have any financial margin in my life right now. Every dollar is spoken for, you're, you're on a fixed income perhaps, or don't have any income right now, or whatever it might be. Maybe you've got the energy to go and swing a hammer or something like that. Maybe you've got the ability just to, to pray for, uh, was it Erica that's going to get this next house? Pray for Erica, right? Um, whatever, it's about what you do have, what you can do. You know, I, I, I've, for me, I probably usually be reversed. You know, like, uh, you know, I don't have any miracle healing power right now, not on me. Uh, but, you know, I do have $5 in my pocket. And I, can, I can at least help you with something. You know, it's about what you do have. And most of the time, if we are willing, at the very least, we can give them the gift of attention, right? And we can give them the gift of some time and some compassion. So you serve with, with what you do have. You find some way to, to be kind to them like God has been kind to you. And then at some point in this whole thing, you'll have the opportunity to, to then share your story, to, to share with them like, like Peter and John did. Like everyone's come running and they're like, guys, guys, this isn't about us. We, we didn't do this. It was Jesus who healed them. We were just there to, you know, introduce them, <laughs> to say, hey, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, get up and walk. You know, there's, there's healing power here. It was, it was God that's done this through Jesus. And they were able to share what they were witnesses of, right? He said, we are witnesses of this. I don't think God expects you to tell somebody else's story, all right? I think God expects you just to tell your story, what you have seen, what you, what you have encountered of God, the ways that God's story has intersected with your story. So as you get to know them, you get a chance to just talk about what God has done in your life. And you might find sometimes, you know, as you're getting to know someone, you realize, wow, we've got some real common elements in our stories. You've been through that, I've been through, and you're able to share how God's gotten you through it and that's an encouragement to them of how God can get them through it. We're all about to have a very easy entry into these conversations. Because tomorrow, you're going to see someone, and maybe they'll ask you, or maybe you'll ask them, hey, how was your weekend? Right? It's a pretty common question. How was your weekend? And you'll have the chance to describe what you did this weekend. And part of what you did this weekend, all of you I'm looking at right now, and anybody who's watching right now, part of what you did this weekend is you went to church, right? And so it's a real easy, very low commitment way to introduce God into a conversation. You say, oh, we, yeah, we did this, and we did that, and we went here, and, and we, you know, Sunday we went to church, and then we went out to this great restaurant. And You might spend all your time talking about the restaurant, but you planted a tiny little seed that lets them know, oh, this is someone who goes to church. Oh, this is someone who might be interested in God stuff. And if I have a question, maybe I can ask them. You know, and just, just the tiniest little thing, just mentioning that you went to church, you might be surprised what doors of conversation that opens, all right? Simple little thing. And over time, if they have questions, as you have conversations, you may have opportunities to talk with them about the difference that Jesus has made in your life. And I know from talking to many of you that Jesus has made a difference in your life. You know, he has helped you through some real things. Uh, he has forgiven you of some you know, real sins, right? And all of us who have put our trust in Jesus can say that. And so we just have this opportunity each and every day to not just receive the blessings of God, but to, to be a blessing to others. And man, I got to tell you, the, the world needs us to be this right now. The world needs the church to, to live in the world as people who, who look like Jesus, who live like Jesus, who continue the work of Jesus in the world. Right? The world desperately needs the church not to just close itself off behind its doors, not to just, like, huddle up, 
the, the world desperately needs people who care, people who are willing to give of themselves, people who are willing to be a blessing to others, to walk into difficult conversations and not bring more, more heat, but bring more, more light. People who are willing to, to walk into, <clears throat> into struggle and stress and be a, a peacemaker, to be someone who comes to, uh, to show respect when no one else is being respectful, uh, to be kind, to be patient. This is something the world needs from us. And it's something that we can do with God's help. Um, the world can be a better place you know, as we cooperate with the work that God is already doing. Um, we're going to bow our heads and we're going to pray and then we're going to celebrate communion together. Uh, thank you, God. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for being so good to us. For blessing us when all we were doing was shaking our fist at you or just flat out ignoring you, doing life our own way, instead of just, you know, writing us off or pushing the smite button or whatever. God, you came to us. You entered into our brokenness, into our mess. And it, and it didn't go well for you, Jesus. We put you on a cross. We took your life. But out of love for us, you forgave us. You poured out your grace. You took our death and you gave us Life. You took our brokenness and you gave us your wholeness, your healing. You let the light of God, the love of God flow through you and, and shine into our darkness. And, and now we have this amazing new life because of it. Now we find ourselves with our sins forgiven. We find ourselves with the weight lifted. We find ourselves with our lives changed, our, our identities transformed. We no longer have to live defined by, by our past failures or defined by what others have done to us or whatever, God. We, we now get to live as your children here in the world, as people loved by you, as people who get to partner with you in the work that you're doing. Thank you, God. Thank you for your ongoing work of, of healing, of, of making us whole, your ongoing work of, of cleansing and transforming that you continue to do in us as we continue to put our trust in you. Thank you, God, that we get the joy of having you work through us to be a blessing to others. God, I, I pray that each and every one of us this week would have an experience of that, that we would have some moment where your Holy Spirit nudges us and we say yes and we we are open to a conversation we might not have been open to before. We, we find ourselves open to, to serve someone that we haven't served before. Where we begin to pray specifically for some of our neighbors or classmates or coworkers or the people you put in our lives. And, and we begin to see you opening some doors to relationship, opening some doors for service, opening some opportunities for conversation that includes you. Thank you, God. Thank you that we get the chance to share in your joy as we share in your work here in the world, as your grace that you have so abundantly given us overflows from us and spills out into the lives of the people around us. God, we celebrate this amazing grace through this sacrament of Holy Communion where we offer to you these gifts of bread and juice, and we pray that by your Holy Spirit's presence here among us today, that we might meet our crucified and risen Savior in his body and in his blood, remembering the love that you have shown us, Jesus, remembering that you were willing to leave safety behind and to love us enough to give your all for us. Thank you, God. 
Thank you for raising Jesus from the dead. For, thank you for conquering sin and death and the devil so that today, as we offer you ourselves, uh, as we confess our need of your forgiveness and your grace, admitting to you that we have not loved you with our whole hearts. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. There are so many times, God, that we have left undone that work that we should have done. There's so many times that we did things, we took this life you've given us, we took it off track and we, we made a big mess of it. And God, thank you that as today, as we offer you ourselves and confess our need of your grace, you continue to be the gracious and compassionate God that we read about in scripture, slow to anger, abounding in love. Thank you that we receive from you grace, mercy, forgiveness, peace. You are so good to us, God, in ways that we do not deserve. Help us to experience your grace today. And we pray that we would be so filled by your Holy Spirit that as we leave this place in just a few moments, that we will go as people full of your love and grace and ready to share it with those you send us to. Thank you, God. Thank you for this undeserved kindness that you've shown us in Jesus Christ. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, would you pray with me the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray? Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Uh, Matt's going to come up and, and lead us in one last song as we celebrate communion together. Uh, I'll be here with a basket of bread and a cup of juice. And as we sing, uh, you're invited to come forward, take bread from the basket, dip it in the juice and eat it, and then return to your seats. We've got the regular bread and the little gluten-free wafers. And we've got the little individual cups if you'd rather take that back to your seat and, and open it there. And, or if you don't want to get so close to folks that you, that you join the procession, I think we've got them on most of the tables. And, and as, we, as we sing, you're, you're welcome to peel that back and get to the bread and peel it back and get to the juice. And this is an opportunity for us to celebrate God's goodness and God's love that he's shown us in Jesus Christ. And it is open to all of us. Open to all of us who are hungry for his grace, who are grateful for his love. So let's celebrate. Light of the world by darkness slain 
bursting forth in glorious day up from the grave he rose again and as he stands in victory since curse has lost its grip on me for i am his and he is mine bought with the precious blood of christ oh, 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 oh. This is the power of Christ in me From life's first cry to final breath Jesus commands my destiny No power of hell, no scheme of man Can ever pluck me from his hand Till he returns calls me home here in the power of christ i'll stand gift of love that you've shown us in your son Jesus Christ. Fill us today with the spirit of Christ so that we might share this love, share this grace with the world that you send us to this week. You have been so good to us, God, and we are so grateful. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, may the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace.